Let's talk about dating and why so many people are lost in the gap between what they're getting and what they want out of love. Unfortunately, I am not finding the type of man that I would want to date. I am single and I'm tired, to be honest. And I feel like my attitude is a part of the reason why I'm single. The people that I'm attracted to physically and the type of person that I am interested in romantically seem to not be aligning. I have to say that I'm spending all my weekends almost going to clubs. That's not the place where I can find my ideal partner. I am not meeting the kind of people that I want to date at college. There isn't anybody that I have met who was looking to be in any type of long-term relationship. I am not meeting the kind of people that I want to date. I think because social media gives people so many options. People are just don't know how to respect and value relationships anymore. I am realizing, and I've learned this recently, that it's probably because I'm not looking in the right places. Lovers and friends. Uncomfortable truth. I think the short, simplified answers are that for half of you, dating is hard because you haven't done the work in becoming dateable. See chapters one through seven of my book, The Game of Desire. And the other 40% or so of you, dating is hard because you're trying to find love out of your league which is for sure what I think the issue is for our starring guest today, Harry Jowsey. What I hear you communicating to me is that of the 200 women that you've had sex with, most of them just look at you like nothing more than a lay. Yeah, I, I do get, to be honest, I've had so many moments where I'm like, I'm literally a piece of meat. Let's take a quick ad break, then we'll dive right in. Where are my manners? Hi there, lovers and friends. I'm Sham Boudreau. I'm a public-facing sex educator with an educational background in sexology, psychology, and journalism. This is Lovers and Friends, a weekly podcast about sex, love, and or relationships, sometimes lack of relationships. So about this episode, traditionally, when we hear the phrase dating out of your league, we think it means that someone isn't good enough for who they desire. But I think it's important to note that, don't get me wrong, For sure, there are some people trying to be in the NBA when in reality, they probably wouldn't make their high school scrimmage league. But when I say people date out of their league, I mean that most people are making the mistake of looking for love on a soccer team when really they're best suited for beach volleyball or chess club. My sister Lauren described it as people who are looking to buy milk at the hardware store. But I think the issue is more layered than that because A, a lot of people don't take the time to identify a specific need like milk. And instead they communicate vague needs like liquid. So they go to the hardware store to get liquid and then they end up with lighter fluid when what they really needed was milk. For example, I would want somebody that's kind and down to earth. And they treat me like a queen. And respectful. And B, many who do identify a specific need, like milk, actually chose that drink, not because it's the best for them, but because milk is what's heavily marketed and thus popular. Okay, so what I'm really trying to say is that if you aren't aware of first the subconscious pull to choose milk, even though you really need oat milk, or if you have a specific desire that you communicate in a very vague way, like saying, I just need liquid, then you are hella likely to be the kind of person who is or 
Maybe you're not the kind of person who's in the driver's seat looking for love. And in such a case, you might be making the mistake of assuming that the love that always seems to find you is the same thing as the optimal love that you are made for. Okay, so now that I've explained the problem, let's try some shit out to see if we can figure it out together. All right, here we go. Class, please open your textbooks to page 105. The five consistent factors that researchers have identified in what creates romantic attraction are, number one, proximity, because it's hard to connect to people that you don't have a connection to. Number two, similarity, because not only do great minds think alike, study after study tells us that these minds also tend to like each other. Number three, competence, because when Janet Jackson sang... She was speaking to our universal desire to find a mate who provides value to our life. Number four, physical attractiveness. And five, reciprocal feelings, meaning we tend to like people who like us too. Now, you probably already knew all of that, but what you should be made aware of is how these basic needs can be used to your detriment if you're not aware. So let's run that list back. Number one, proximity. With social media and the ease of access and communicating with multiple people, we now need to learn the difference between who's available to us to connect with and who's truly making themselves available for a real connection. In short, proximity can be an illusion and you could be dating out of your league if you cannot tell the difference between who's in your reach for a good time and who's willing to be by your side in the not so good times. Number two, similarity. You gotta be aware of intimate idealization where we tend to exaggerate the positive and minimize the negative of someone that we're attracted to. Meaning don't get so caught up in the fact that you both like anime that you neglect to take action when you later learn that the two of you have completely different values. Number three, competence. We like competent people, but also our natural human tendency is to dislike people who we perceive as close to us that are competent in areas that make us feel insecure. For example, maybe it's not that you're feeling ick towards the person because they're just too in touch with their emotions, but instead it could be because you're disappointed in yourself for being so out of touch with your own. Number four, physical attractiveness. This one is a huge trap because what is attractive is what is familiar and what is familiar is what we're exposed to. This is why being hot has less to do with DNA and more to do with social trends. Don't believe me? Ask yourself if 10 years ago, you'd be able to guess that the biggest heartthrobs of today would be K-pop stars. So instead of going around saying, oh, I'm not attracted to this or that kind of person, try saying this instead. I haven't yet exposed myself to this kind of person, but maybe if I did and did it a lot more, I'd find them more attractive. Number five, liking people who like us. Note, this rule is only truly a rule when the gain-loss theory of attraction is in play. This theory has shown that you will like someone more if that person starts by being kind of cool on you at first, then grows more and more hot with time. This is good if we meet somebody who makes gradual, logical, and reciprocal investments in us. And this can be bad when someone plays with gain-loss theory like a yo-yo. So I know this is a lot of information, but I hope it helps you to get the basics behind why people date out of their league. Because up next, we're talking to real life people who you could argue are doing just that. First up, meet Harry Jowsey, a beautiful and charming six foot five Aussie who became famous for losing $42,000 for being too horny. Why are you looking at me? 
You kissed me, I didn't kiss you. You said, why don't we just go fuck now? Because money doesn't matter. That didn't happen. I met Harry on season one of Too Hot to Handle because those of you who watch the show know that I've been an expert workshop facilitator on the show. So since appearing on Netflix, Harry has gone on to host his own YouTube channel and relationship advice podcast called Tap In with Harry Jowsey. I have been a guest twice on Harry's show and we established that means that we're now officially friends, which is why this interview starts off hella invasively like this. You've had how many sexual partners? Nearly 200. (laughs) And of those nearly 200, what percentage would you say has a legitimate chance of a meaningful relationship with you? 5%. Of those same women who have slept with you, what percentage of those do you think see you as relationship material? Probably none. Nah, probably maybe a low amount, to be honest, because there is like a, maybe it's like a trophy element or like, hey, like I slept with this guy that was on a Netflix show or like, when they turn their show on with their friends, they're like, oh, I, I fucked him. I think maybe there's a, not trying to pump up my tires, but we were on a pretty big show. So like, I think that maybe there's an element to like, like that. Like I, I've legitimately, there was this one girl who's, uh, who's been around the scene a little bit. And this was as the show was, air, well, it wasn't as it was airing, it was like a couple months after, but I was still trying to figure out the reins. And I met her at a party. I was like, wow, she's so gorgeous. She's like my type. We, we had amazing chemistry. So I got a number. And the next day I was like violently hung over. She was like, oh, like, let's do something. I'm like, well, I'm not going out of bed. So unless you want to come over and tell me I'm beautiful and like put my hair so I feel better, then, then that's the only thing I can give you today. She comes over, we start watching a movie, end up having sex. And I was like, hey, should I get you some water? Do you want any water? And I think she's like, yeah, sure. I go get water. I come back fully dressed and she had a sip of water. And I was like, where are you going? She's like, oh, well, I got what I wanted. So I'm leaving. And then never saw her again. But I think that I've, I've definitely been with people where it's been like someone that I was seeing in the last year, she was, she was telling me to give her an allowance. And I was like, come on, man. Like, I'm not just going to give you an allowance because you're with me. Like that seems so transactional and that I have to pay you to be around and I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. It's really, really bizarre. So I, I really don't know like who's around me for what reason until kind of like after they go. Well, anecdotal question, because last time I saw you, you were telling me about this girl who used to date your friend and then you had a sexual relationship with them because you were like, I think you deserve to have, you know, just this release after all that stress that you've been through. Mm. And you actually saw this person as like, I think I want something with them. Yeah. So where did that end up? Um, I think she's back to sleeping with my friend. So you were just... Yeah. The person for a good time? Yeah, I think I was just a person for a good time. And also, like, it, it put, like, a lot of um, unnecessary trust issues, like, straight off the bat. So it was probably good for it to end there. But I'm pretty sure he was sleeping with her again because he brought her up randomly out of nowhere. So I'm like, so maybe you guys are good for each other. <laughs> so then you were the person that basically helped her to heal. I, I, I think of Good Luck Chuck. I think, have you seen that movie? <laughs> oh, you haven't seen that movie? No. <laughs> Women call him. You're that, Charlie? Oh, Charlie. Good luck, Chuck. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're a lucky charm. You have sex with someone and then they find their true love. Isn't that how it works? Has everybody lost their minds? That's ridiculous. Do you want to have sex before or after dinner? Actually, I have dinner plans. And to be honest, I think that I have an element of that because there'll be a girl that I'll date and then uh, she'll go straight back to her ex and they'll be together for a year or there'll be another person. I'm like, maybe I am him 
it sucks, but it's happy. I'm happy for everyone else. Because <laughs> it's fascinating because I know your relationship with Francesca and I know that there was a very public breakup and it was painted that you were the cheater. Later, you shared that that was not the case. Mm-hmm. And that if anything, like you were the one who was portrayed in that relationship. Yeah. So my automatic instinct after hearing this, like these all these poor Harry stories, <laughs> because of my conditioning of yeah. one, I speak to, mo- speak to mostly women. And yeah. two, my experience is not that like, oh, there's these really good looking, successful <laughs> dudes. Who all they want is love. And they just keep meeting all of these fuck girls. <laughs> And man, I'm isn't the that problem. Shitty? I'm the problem. <laughs> I want to tell you that my conditioning <laughs> says you are. <laughs> I, I, no, look, I think that I probably am somewhat the problem and probably more inviting to situations that are straight off the bat going to be unstable. I'm pretty sure. What does that mean? Um, I think that, like, maybe my type or um, maybe people or situations that I'm like accustomed to or that attract me aren't gonna like aren't fulfilling or aren't what I need to stay in like a a solid like meaningful relationship like maybe dating influences that are critiqued like on their looks and have to compete with other pretty girls like that are always on edge like maybe I'm just setting myself up to fail and also like I get just so excited when I meet a new person and I like try and give them everything like right away I'm like oh like Damn, like my issue, I think my issue is, is like when I start to see someone and I only see the good in them, I start thinking about like, damn, like I wonder what business she's going to run or like I wonder what our kids would look like. Like where would she, like where would she want to like retire? Like shit like that. I'm like, maybe it's a little bit too much too quick. So maybe I do invite it. Again, like I said, I work predominantly with women. Yeah. And I wrote a book that was called The Game of Desire. And in it, I worked with five women and I noted that Majority of women who are single and struggle in dating, when asked like what the problem is, 90% will say, it's my picker. Like, I'm just picking the wrong pe- people. Or they'll say, I just love too much. I just give too much. Yeah. Which are the two things you just said. So I read the book. That's why. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I brought it with me. I read it before in the car outside. <laughs> which is fascinating to me because it feels like your experience is very similar to a lot of women's dating experience. Yeah. I think we talked about this last time on your podcast yes. where there is an uprising of cis heterosexual men who are complaining about dating. Mm. And some are known as manosphere, some are known as the red pill community. But essentially they have a complaint that women's standards are too high, that women overlook normal guys, and that it's very difficult to get women's attention. Like there are men who are on dating apps who are getting two matches a year. And then there's women, of course, who have the same complaints of like, dudes are dogs and they're players, hard to get someone to commit. It's hard to find someone to take me seriously. And so we were trying to figure out what is the gap that's happening? Because you have two groups of people who seemingly want the same thing, but have the same complaints. And this is a theory that we have that I wanted to get your reflections on that many women don't know the difference between the kind of guy they could date and the kind of guy they could sleep with. So they might sleep Mm. with a Harry and think, oh, that's the kind of guy I could date. And as a result, they're saying no to all the other guys who actually do want a relationship with them. Yeah, so true. Wow. Yeah, that's so true. I think uh, maybe they're looking for love in the wrong areas. Popping in super quick to say that in the future, we will definitely have an episode about understanding the difference between who wants to sleep with you and who wants to form a multidimensional connection with you. 
Notice I said women in the interview, but after my conversation with Harry and then with Los, who's coming up in the next segment, I now understand that I was wrong. The need for this skill goes beyond the binary. Okay, back to Harry's train of thought. I think that maybe like a powerful woman will like find a an unstable man that might need uh, a lot more work because they want to help put that good energy into him. Maybe that's why that situation is going on. Maybe I'm, maybe that's my feminine energy inside me that that I get from my mother that's like coming out. Like I'm like, okay, maybe I need to help this person because I want to either help their business or help bring them laughs and laughter. Like I was seeing someone recently and um, she was in a very sad situation. So I was, my goal was just to make her happy and make her laugh. And for me, like I just started catching feelings because like I was trying to help that situation but it couldn't get any better with me in it because it was obviously bigger than me and it had nothing to do with me but I was just trying to make it happy fill in the blank for me dating is a big lesson <laughs> a huge lesson yeah I think uh, dating dating you learn so much about yourself and other people uh, but most importantly I think like when you start reflecting and like looking back like what's the common problem me what am I doing what am, what's going on I think uh, you learn so much about yourself but other people and what you're into and what you don't like because I think for the past year like I really wanted a girlfriend I really want a relationship but now I'm like if it's the right person the right time it, it will happen um, but what made you really want a girlfriend in a relationship I just think having a best friend and waking up and just having someone that wants to go do shit and wants to go and like live life and enjoy enjoy stuff and, and be out and about and go to the beach and whatnot. I, f- I found that a lot of my friends usually hung over and like don't want to do too much and I don't really like get too much enjoy- enjoyment out of like waiting around for people. I want someone that was like just spontaneous and just to have someone in my corner and someone that can back me and support me and and be and I do the same for them but again like I just think my my schedule like I'm up at 5 30 every day it's pretty selfish but I want someone that's like can compliment my time and compliment me if someone just wants to move in today without even like getting to know each other and then we just build our schedule out it's probably good just like move in with me from the, that sounds from day like one. A, a healthy pivot yeah just... day one well we pretty much did all the show like just moved it and together how'd that work out for you it was fun and it was a lesson <laughs> A beautiful lesson. It was a beautiful lesson. (laughs) There is a sector of accomplished women who are looking for exactly what you're looking for. Mm. Do you think that you're just not meeting those women because you're only, you know, again, looking at like maybe celebrity or social media type women? I don't think I've, my bubble has let me walk into meeting people like that. I think because of, living in LA and like being in like influencer events, like you kind of only butt heads with people that are in a similar career. And I guess I haven't given myself an opportunity to like maybe step out or go and try something different. But I was saying like not successful enough because I look at like, I don't know, like people that are obviously higher up the ladder and like doing a lot better. And I'm like, damn, like maybe I need to to work a lot harder to be able to be even seen and be in the same like eyeline as these people. So maybe... I don't know, maybe I'm just setting like crazy too high standards for myself or maybe I'm just not looking hard enough. Maybe I need to go to like Texas and like meet a little like cowgirl. Right, because I'm thinking it's like either the issue is that in terms of the dating pool that you're in and the women that you're dating, you're not 
the top tier dude, which sounds terrible to say because you're top tier dude, <laughs> but maybe they're looking for somebody who has more X, whatever X is. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the women that are in your pool, you don't even meet because you're only like going after celebrity type women. Yeah, I think that's 100% true. Yeah. But like also- when you lose a woman, right? Like if like oh, another dude gets the girl that you want, mm-hmm. what does he have that you don't usually? Probably a lot more money. Yeah, there's been a situation where like it's turned into a pissing contest and I'm like, I just know I'm a lot more fun. So it doesn't matter. Like I've got money and I'm a fun time. He's got more money and he's kind of fat. So like... But he wins? But he wins because like he's getting other diamond earrings and I'm kind of just like, hey, unless we're dating or like unless we're like things are serious, like I don't want to spend like $10,000 on like these crazy earrings or whatnot, but it's kind of been like shoved in my face. And I guess it breeds like some sort of like insecurity or like some sort of like uncertainty in myself. And I've had to pull myself up a lot of times like, hey, you're exactly where you need to be. You're doing exactly what you need to do. Don't worry about what level someone else is on because it has it has no effect on what you're doing at all. And that isn't the right person for you. If their whole motive is who has more money, then that it's a blessing that they're not around because you should be with someone that wants to have fun and laugh. Which is a beautiful self-talk and a beautiful lesson. Yeah. But then you <laughs> go back to the same dating pool. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, you know what? I need to find somebody who loves me for me, who thinks that I'm funny, who sees all the other things non-monetary wise that make me amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna go back to that same club that I met this girl at and see if that girl's hanging out there tonight. Well, I think it's because maybe my friends like don't want to go anywhere else. Like, like it. it's also like hard to know where to go when you haven't been there. You know, mm-hmm. like that's so difficult. Like all my friends just want to go and do this and that. But now I've been like very reluctant with my energy and my time. And I just stayed to myself and like stay in my crib and like just been focusing on my craft. So it's also not helping anything because like all I have is Instagram DMs. And the people that I'm DMing, like very, very silly. Like I'm like, this isn't, this isn't going anywhere. It's purely just sexual. <laughs> people that you're putting the energy into. Yeah. The little energy that you do have to invest yeah. because you're so busy and you're so work focused. <laughs> you're like, I'm a wasted on people that I know yeah. is not going anywhere. Even yeah. though in my heart, I want a girlfriend. Yeah. You sound crazy. You know that, right? No, I sound crazy, <laughs> but now I like had to switch it over. What is more of what I want is like men- mentally stimulating. I think that's something that I haven't like, I'm not trying to talk poorly on Instagram models, but there's not mentally stimulating like so, some of them are but like they're not mentally stimulating and like I again like I go to these events and the same people there and have a couple of drinks and like oh I've seen you around like let's let's go have do some hanky panky and see how we go but I think yeah what I'm searching for is someone that like has drive has ambition and is just like super 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 just mentally stimulating and just light hearted I don't know just, what you're I don't know much about your life before Too Hot to Handle. And if that was like a turning point for you financial wise, maybe you were always, always doing financially well. But do you feel like the issues that you're having in dating now are specific to the post Too Hot to Handle era of your life? For sure. Yeah, 100%. I think to in simple terms, I was a massive slut before the show. Like I was doing what I could, um, throwing every single leg over as quick as I could. I like throughout high school, I think when I left high school, I had slept with like 40 or 50 people. Like I was going nuts. Um, and then, but the financials before the show, like I was, I was pretty dead broke to be honest. 
um, I moved to America with like 3,000 in, in my account and trying to figure shit out. But now like obviously I'm a lot more secure in myself, a lot more secure financially. Um, and yeah, I think that... Did the tables turn in dating? Where before you were just trying to get over on people, get a leg over on anybody. <laughs> and then now you feel like people are just trying to get a leg over on you. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I th- I think so. But it's also just like, it's going to sound silly. Like if a man saying it, like oh, people just want to fuck with Your truth is not silly. But I just think people like, I've said it to my friends before and they're like, oh, it must be so horrible that girls just want to use you. Yeah, it is. Uh, tables definitely, definitely have turned. Yeah. So it's kind of like that shift happened. It's, does it feel like karma? For sure. Yeah, I definitely like a hundred percent. Like there's been moments where I've like just sat on the end of my bed and I'm like, the fuck is going on? Like the universe is just like giving it back to me. Yeah, it's the ebb and flow of it. Well, therapize yourself because you do this. You know, you've done so much self-work, which, you know, I love talking to you for that reason that you are invested in your mental health. You are invested in wellness and you're invested in going there and there is places that most people are uncomfortable, be that with family relationships or personal relationships. So if you were to therapize yourself and be like, Harry, look, this is where you're at in your romantic life. What you want and what you have are really far apart. Mm. How do you bridge the gap? Fuck. Ah, <laughs> uh, shit. Um, okay, well, you have the, you have an incredible 24 hours every single day and you do so much in it. So you may as well like pivot a little bit and put some more time on self, like with yourself and trying to go out there and, and explore something different. I think that's probably like, I don't really know cause I haven't figured it out, but I think that's probably the best approach that I would. What does myself. explore something different mean? Like go somewhere different, go somewhere and you try something different. Like I've been wanting to like for the past like month, like go to Huntington beach and meet people and like go down there and or like go up the coast. All right, Harry, we're going to figure out where you need to go. Let's do a really quick exercise together. Me again, disrupting the interview. Okay, so this exercise that we are about to do is from my second book, My Literal Proudest Accomplishment, that I hope everybody here has already listened to or read, The Game of Desire. This is an exercise from chapter eight titled The Job Listing Activity, which I'll also link for you in the show notes if you don't have access to it. So in this activity, people are asked to clearly outline what they're looking for out of a romantic partner, with the end goal being they'll have a better idea of where to look. So the key component of this exercise is to whittle down your top requirements to three. And because like we talked about, you know, milk from the hardware store, yada, yada, yada. In the book, I provide a sample list of what attributes might matter romantically, like a person who is easy to get along with, emotionally stable, securely attached, likes to do new things, supportive of what brings you joy, intelligent, attractive, similar interests, similar values, speaks your love language, wants children, funny, ambitious, independent thinker, or financially well-off. For the complete list, get the book, The Game of Desire, or you can check out the show notes for a free link to this exercise. The Game of Desire. Desire. Wow. You. <laughs> but this is chapter eight. And okay. so my book is like a five-phase strategy specifically for women who are struggling with dating. Um, but perhaps it's for the Harrys out there. Yeah. And so by chapter eight, you should be in a position where you've worked on yourself enough that you're now like ready for an intimate relationship, which I think you're at that place now. Yeah. And so now you got to be clear about who you're looking for. So I have this job listing exercise so you can get clear. So we'll fill it in together. 
Job title. Who are you looking for? Do you want a long-term partner, a fuck buddy, financial sponsor? Like, what is the title that we're on the hunt for next? A wife. Okay. (laughs) All right. We're looking for a wife. Job location slash term. Is this for life? Do they have to live in LA? (sighs) Fingers crossed for life. Uh, Do they have to live in LA? They don't have to live here, no. You'd move for love or you are fine with long distance relationships? I think that if you love someone enough, you'll make it work. Okay, so these are your frozen five requirements. We'll just really go with top three here. I'm going to provide you with a list right now. I want you to scan it and pick three things that like non-negotiable your wife for life Mm. has to have. Oh, only three? Okay. Um, Highly ambitious, sexually compatible, supportive, and happy for my good news. Maybe that one. Okay. Then skills of interest. Anything that doesn't make your top five, which is still important to you. So maybe just add a couple of more in here. Takes responsibility for self. Physically attractive as well. And um, humorous. Yeah, humorous and compatible with my friends and family. Those are good well, skills of interest. Yeah. Okay. You snuck one in there, but I'll let it slide all the time. <laughs> all right. Um, areas of flexibility. What are some things that you can go back to list again or just list them off on your own? Like, what are some of the areas that you're like, yeah, I can make some compromises there? Yeah. It doesn't have to be financially well off. It doesn't necessarily have to get along with my family because... I don't really get along with them either. So getting along with your friends is more important. Yeah, go to hang out with my friends. Um, doesn't really need life skills. Like cooking and cleaning, like that doesn't matter to me. What about monogamy? That's the one where you only have sex with each other. Yeah. It's a, that's a great question because I'm not sure on that. I've been in relationships where it wasn't working. So I've tried to like say like, hey, let's try something different. Like Let's open this up because obviously it's not working. Something isn't right. Maybe that's the factor. Um, I think when I'm with someone and I'm in love with someone, I'll do anything that they want. If that's what they want. Then if but they- off the bat, that shouldn't be your job listing because you're still not sure if you're going to be flexible on that. That has so many more dependence on it. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. hundred percent. Like, I don't, I don't know. Like with some people, I'm like, for sure, like, let's go. But for other people, I'm like, maybe, maybe not. Like, you're not the type of person that I would even consider doing that with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, what are the do not applies? People that you're like, you know that their morals, their values, their lifestyle, they don't bring out the best in you. Some of your deal breakers. Someone that just wants to drink every single day. Like, uh, yeah, I think watching my family uh, struggle with alcoholism. I think someone that drinks alcohol every single day and like is dependent on dependent on some sort of substance. For me, that's like a huge deal breaker. And someone that has no goals, I, f- I find that like, I love being around people that have like a whiteboard or a dream board and they're like, this is where I want to go and that's what I want to do and I'm, gonna, I'm doing this today so I can get to there tomorrow. For me, like that's the most attractive thing. All right, last one is job perks. What makes this position incredible? We're trying to entice your wife right now. Um, I'm 6'6". Six, six. I was trying to... <laughs> No, I think I'm really funny. I'm a great time. Um, uh, Super supportive. You know, like I'm so, so ambitious. And I just want to see my people win no matter what it is. Like I'll I'll go so far out of my way to help people in my corner get ahead. Um, 
really want to have a family. Like I, for some reason, like I've been thinking about kids, I like getting all my ducks lined up so that like when the right person comes, it's all ready to rock and roll. But yeah, a lot of fun, great time, super ambitious, love traveling. I have the most amazing mother and I'm willing to learn and work on myself, which I find that a lot of people aren't. Like I'm, if you tell me something that you don't like, then I'll stop doing it. This is really great. This is a really great job description. You know what's actually the aha for me? I mean, there's obviously the point of this is to take this and be like, okay, so now I'm clear on what I'm looking for and who this person looks like. Where would this kind of person usually hang out? And who is the archetype of this kind of person? And there's a lot of different people that come to mind, but for me, it is actors, right? Like it's... I was literally thinking about an actor this whole time. Yeah. When I'm listening to this like list, I was like, it's fascinating because you're naturally moving out of the world that you've been in for a long time, which we talked about, where you're mm. like, I'm kind of ready to move away from the too hot to handle hairy yeah. persona and lifestyle. And I'm ready to move more into a different style of career, which I didn't know was acting. Yeah. So maybe... I was thinking about Madeline Klein that whole time. I'm like, damn, she's so perfect. If you guys get together, you owe me something. Of course. <laughs> Harry, thank you so, so much. Now, as a side note, I wanted to say that I looked up the actor that he mentioned, and in all honesty, at a very superficial glance, personally, I just could not see a difference between this person and the influencer types that he's trying to move away from. This is not a diss, just a note to say that leaving your league, even once you identify that it's not for you, is not easy because the game just might keep calling you back. So to resist the temptation of worked in habits, we need to change more than just our minds. For example, you might need to change up your social group or your Instagram feed. And a change you can make today to do just that is to unfollow someone who's not in your league and follow somebody who is. For example, you could choose to follow Harry on Instagram at Harry Jowsey. You can also get a dose of Harry, his honesty, revelations, and life updates every single week by following his hit podcast, Tap in with Harry Jowsey wherever you are listening to this podcast. So up next, I invited two very single, very dear friends of mine onto the podcast because I thought that they needed to hear this message. Now, I was very aware going in that this move could have easily gone one of two ways. My friends could have viewed the invitation as incredibly offensive or surprisingly helpful. So let's find out which way it went. Did you bring us here to attack us? Or when, when do we get to the actual podcasting? Right after this. Los, welcome. Thanks. Chelsea, Hi. extra welcome. Welcome, Los. Welcome, Chelsea. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's the kind of reaction I get. This is Chelsea's first time Sheesh. on the podcast. And on a podcast. Happy. And any podcast. Oh, any really? podcast. I think so. Yeah. All right, friends. Do you know why I asked you to be the guests on this segment? I actually don't know. I mean, the I did my homework, but do I know why I was asked? No. You have no idea? No. You are my two single oh. hot friends <laughs> okay, okay, okay. who consistently end up with people who are not the right people. So it's true. This to me. We're not alone. Right. And I know from both of you, because I've known both of you for a period of time now, yeah. and I know so much in your life has changed, mm. um, you know, in terms of your personal growth, in terms of your career trajectory, 
who you are individually, developmentally, but it feels like your dating life doesn't grow or change with you. And that's a read. Did you bring us here to attack us? Or when, like, when do okay. we get to the actual we volunteered. We volunteered. What do we move on past it? You guys are great, but you suck at dating part. No, but true. I think that this is the thing. It's not wrong. Is it that you suck at dating or mm. do you have the Harry issue? When you listened to uh, Harry's interview, what did mm. you hear? I heard a guy with a good heart who's like trying, but maybe doesn't totally know what he actually wants, even though he's good at talking about it. He was saying like, I don't, I I want something meaningful and I want somebody who's intellectually stimulating. And also like, I only fuck girls I meet on Instagram. But then I kind of got it from the perspective of it's about what you're exposed to, right? Like all of it is about familiarity and it's about proximity but you have to make an active attempt at some point in your life to be like, yeah, like all I'm exposed to is this influencer type person who clearly is not in line with like what I'm actually looking for. So then I got to be more specific about finding new environments. I listened to that and I heard myself. So I was just like, damn, like that's literally exactly how I feel. Like from the good time Charlie thing or good luck Chuck, whatever that is, like I've I've definitely had that feeling. I've felt the the feeling of wanting more, but at the same time, not doing, they're not taking the steps to get the more, right? And then I also know that I'm conflicted because as much as I'd like to settle down, have a family and all that, I, can I curse? Like curse? Yeah. Curse? I like fucking. Yeah. <laughs> and I like fucking different people. So it's like, it's, I don't know. I think that now I'm getting to a point where I'm kind of tired of the same shit. And so now I'm kind of, at least in my head, I'm realizing like, you, you know, you can't keep doing the same shit and expecting different results. It doesn't work like that. Um, but I think for a while, maybe this is the case with him. I know it's, you know, the case with me when I was younger is that I was of the mindset that eventually she'll show up. And when she shows up, that's when it'll click. That's when all the bullshit and all the wanting to, you know, meet other women and feeling unfulfilled or whatnot, it would all go away. And I would just know like, oh, that's her. It's the time. But the the more I explore that thought, the more I come to the realization that she can show up and I'm probably not going to be ready because I haven't taken any of the steps to your point that are necessary to be able to be ready when she does show up. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really big one too, is that a lot of people, there's a difference, right? Like we all want that big career opportunity, mm-hmm. but haven't put in the work so that when we get in front of that, that we actually had developed the skills necessary, the language, you know, the culture, et cetera. Yeah. So then you fall on your face and you flop and you're like, well, that must mean that that's not the right person. Exactly. And then, then you, then I get bitter and I'm like, well, she was just, meh, 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 meh. and in reality it was like, no, you were emotionally unavailable and distant the whole time. So of course she wasn't, you know, into you the way you thought you should be or she should be. Oh, that was a nice self-read there. <laughs> I, I wrote the book. It was, it was beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful poetry reading. Yeah. I like to date dudes that are like hyper successful. And I think with that comes sometimes narcissism, sometimes emotional unavailability. Sometimes literally they're not available. <laughs> like people who are successful are busy. I don't know. I think for a while I had like a narcissist problem where the things that drew me in were also the things that I should have like seen as red flags a little bit. Well, where are you at now? <laughs> I think I've like 
especially from the pandemic, I learned that like dating was one of my only hobbies. And when we went full stop, I was like, (laughs) I can't just like date toxic men and go to like the occasional rave. Like I need like real things to do. And I think now that I've invested more in like my life and my career and and, and kind of reevaluated the version of success that I set for myself, I like really put it on the back burner. I really like the hobby aspect of things because you know, again, for as long as I've known you, you meet people in a work-like environment. And I know you're in a new job now, but your previous jobs weren't necessarily your best environment. So then you're meeting people, (laughs) right, in environments that aren't necessarily bringing you joy and Mm. expecting that you're going to find people who are going to like amplify your life. So now that you're focusing on hobbies that actually enrich you and that you actually are like, nah, I'd be here seven days a week if I could. I think that that's probably the best place to meet the quote unquote right person for you. Yeah. And I'm out there. (laughs) Where do you think your ideal partner is right now? Of course. (laughs) What's she doing? Is she really golfing right now? She's golfing right now. Yeah. She's got to be. Because I mean, if if I enjoy it with my boys, I can only imagine how much more I would enjoy it with the woman of my life. Where's your dream person right now? What are they doing? He better be working. I think that's also why I can't find him because he's busy working. Guys, I think Mm. we're going to do the job um, search exercise. (laughs) I feel like we have to do it. I wasn't planning on it. Let me get the book. All right, get the book. Get the book. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Chelsea and Los, my dear friends. Yes. In terms of right now, Mm. being reflective of your life and what's important to you, who is the next person you're trying to meet romantically? If you were to give it a title, is it a long-term partner? Is it a fuck buddy? Is it a financial sponsor? Is it a hiking buddy? What is it? I'm in it for the real deal. I don't really have that much time. <laughs> so you want a long-term partner? Long-term partner. I think, if, yeah, if I'm really being honest with myself, I do want that partner. Yeah. Preferred experience level slash age? I think I'm open to dating someone closer to my age or older than me just because I've gone down the path of younger men before and I don't know that that's right, the right fit. Yeah, same thing, around 30. Like I, I usually do like a 10-year window backwards. I don't really go forwards that often me neither but i'm trying yeah i'm like they seem like they know what they want yeah i I got killed last time i talked about this but i just haven't met a lot of women that are older than me that i'm attracted to but everything is about familiarity and exposure that's a big thing too i was gonna say like if you find that you want a certain type of person idealistically then you go on instagram and you're intrigued by somebody else like Mm. follow different accounts like if you started to follow people and like reprogram what your algorithm constantly is, your algorithm, yeah. yeah, what your bubble shows you, you would start to feel attracted to those people. But yeah, like traditionally, if you're just letting things come by you as they do, yeah. you're gonna see younger, hotter girls who are right now kind of more in that like Kim Kardashian, full lipped, curvy look. Like that's what's in. So that's what you're probably attracted to. I mean, I've, that's what I've always liked is big, big bodies. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> big He's like, it's not a trend. It's okay. not a trend. It's I've not been, a phase, guys. Pick, the curves pick from three day things one. from the list. Popping in right now to remind you that right now, Los and Chelsea are looking over the list of favorable traits in romantic partners that you can find in chapter eight of my book, The Game of Desire, or in the show notes. Intelligent, sexually compatible, And I'm also going to pick trustworthy because if I can't trust you, I mean, if you're trustworthy, then you're going to be faithful as well. So I see your logic. That's another twofer. I respect. Um, I'm just going to go with 
trustworthy, supportive, and independent thinker. You know what's so fascinating, Chelsea, because this entire time we've been talking, you're like, he's got to have a job. He's got to be a go-getter. He's got to this, but like you didn't. Well, if he's smart and independent. financially well off. Right, you skip financially well off and you skip ambitious. But that's actually important to note because maybe instead of prioritizing the dude who has like the flashy title, it's the person who's wowed by your title, Mm. but also is intelligent and wants to talk to you about your work and, you know, is an independent thinker. Not to say that he's not doing, he's not a bum, but maybe that's more important to you than the person who's interesting on paper. I think I hope you're right about that. This yeah. was a good exercise. Okay, well, we're not done, okay. friends. <laughs> Which on these lists are you like two to three that you're like, you know what? They don't have to be blah, blah, blah. You don't necessarily have to share my interests. Yeah, even we though I said by. she's at the golf course, like, I, I think I'm with you there. Like, it wouldn't be the end of the world if she hated golf. As long as I could still play it. As long as that's not the issue. But like she has, she doesn't have to have any interest in golf. That's fine. I don't mind that. And plus, and sometimes it's nice to have separate things for yourself. Yeah, you know that's kind I mean? of my so logic. I think, I think I can, yeah, similar interests. We can, we can get rid of that. It's also really nice to have somebody who has strengths that you don't. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know that's a good, yeah. thing about music. Right. So it's nice that I have somebody who's like up on what's current. So. Yeah. That's true. Okay, let's see. We got to keep working here. Financially well off. She doesn't have to be financially well off. Yeah, I could be flexible about that as long as they got something going on. Right. They can't be just a bum. Yeah, no bum. They have to be gainfully employed. But do they have to be rich? No. I'm going to go for a wild card, which is that they don't really have to be compatible with my family. Because I am often not compatible with my family. (laughs) What was interesting to me about this activity is when I first asked you this question, where is the person that you're looking for a long-term partnership out of right now? You Mm. said at work. And then later (laughs) we're like, actually, it doesn't really matter if you do something really important as long as you support me and you're an independent thinker. And at the end of the day, you're managing your own thing. But that's what matters to me. And I did the same thing. And you said she's on the golf course. And you're like, you know what, to be honest (laughs) with you, I want her to have her own thing, her own life, her own interests. I want to be inspired by what makes her like get up in the morning and feel excited. So let's re-ask the question with everything in mind. You know, who you're looking for. Where is that person right now? Mm, Probably like Trader Joe's or some shit like that. That's so romantic. Is it? I hope it works out for you. Yeah. In the produce? I don't know. What about a farmer's market? Ooh, farmer's oh, market. That'd that's be, also yeah. very romantic. Farmer's market. It's very it's, in the know, daylight. Yeah. In, in the, the daytime, daylight yeah. of daytime. Mm. All right, Chels, where is your long-term partner right now? I think he like is building something. I don't know what it is. Like maybe gonna meet up with his friends for dinner. And yeah, I hope I meet somebody through mutual friends. Like I need a pre-vet vetted process because mm. when I do the vetting, it falls right through the now, cracks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much to my very special guests, my lovers and my friends in real life, Los and Chelsea. If you want a higher dose of Los, who just celebrated a birthday. So please go and do this. Follow him on Instagram at Blame Los. And you can also listen to him every single week on Enjoy the Podcast, wherever you are listening to this current podcast. Lastly, no, second to lastly, to learn more about Chelsea and what she does, you can follow her at Chelsea Probably on Instagram or visit chelseawelsh.co. And this time is the lastly, lastly, go check out Harry and his podcast, Tapping with Harry Jowsey. Thank you so much for coming. 
as the world starts to open up, I want to start incorporating more live events and different kinds of segments into this podcast. So maybe Harry and I go out for a night on the town and see who we can find for him. That could be something fun we do in the future. So let's just, you know, let's keep an open mind to where the show can go. And it can only go there if you continue to help it grow. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, if you're new to the podcast, this is the segment where I peer pressure you into rating and reviewing the podcast. Because when you go on Spotify or Apple Podcasts and you click on a new show and you say, oh, this has 26,000 ratings, you know that it's got an engaged audience and it has an audience because there's no view count on podcasts. So when you go to mine, you want people to have the same feeling if you feel proud of the work that we're doing. You want me to continue to invest in it because I want to continue to invest, but it's got to be a two-way street because we're in a relationship. You know what I'm saying? Anyhow, I want to shout out some people who have succumbed to my peer pressure. And the first review literally says, it's from DH. UT, it's a very crazy name, which usually says it's a negative comment. But in this case, it's sort of negative, but not really. They write, Shand bullied me into this. No, but for real, loving this podcast. Keep it up. Thank you so much, DH Tuffy V. You know, you made that shit up. Melly NJ says, it makes you feel normal. For someone that looks at life love differently, the show makes me feel normal. Thankful for all these topics. Grace AU Gal says, I recommend this podcast to literally all my friends. So relatable and always such amazing guests. I hope you felt that way this week too. I really did. Blair Hart says, thank you, Shan. This is how I see talking about sex relationships and other topics should be. I feel like I'm sitting at brunch having a conversation at with you. Yes, and if we were at brunch, I'd be stuttering this exact same way, probably because the food hasn't come yet and I'm hungry, which is basically how I feel right now. I'm gonna end it off and say I am over halfway finished my pregnancy this week. I'm officially at 21 weeks and thank you. Thank you to my engaged podcast audience who I just really feel like we're having this baby together. Is that weird? I'm not sure, but we're doing amazing things together and I hope that you feel like you're part of the magic and I hope you have a magical week and we'll talk next week. Bye. Lovers and friends. Lovers and friends. I'm gonna take you on a trip, baby. I don't pretend. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm gonna hold you down, down to the end. I said, lovers and friends. Uh, lovers and friends. Yeah, I said, lovers and friends. Uh, I'm gonna hold you Lovers and Friends is executive produced by Shared Entertainment, Sham Boudram, and Lauren Morrison. Also produced by Stitcher's Jackie Sojiko, Two West Entertainment's Adam Krasner and Isabel Gallant, as well as Paul Anderson, Nick Pinella, and Andrew Greenwood for Workhouse Media. Engineering by Peter Karam. The Lovers and Friends theme song is produced by Sean Ross and performed by Jared Brady, who also does the scoring and sound design. Jasmine Henley-Brown is the executive producer at More Sauce, and this podcast is powered by More Sauce from Stitcher Podcasts.